present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us for a second visit to the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, South London's capital of culture, boasting a rich and varied history. <laughs> Still preserved in the centre of Croydon are its famous Elizabethan Whitgift almshouses. When they were opened in 1599, the mayor proclaimed there was free food and shelter and invited the town's poor, needy and impotent. Well, the poor and the needy arrived, <laughs> but the impotent couldn't come. And the- Long before Charles Darwin's studies, a noted local biologist named Alfred Russell Wallace came up with an early theory of evolution. It was Wallace who coined the phrases natural selection and survival of the fittest, to which when Darwin's book was published, he added, thieving bastard. (laughs) We're once again guests of the Fairfield Halls, which appeared briefly in the recent movie of the Da Vinci Code. The halls and surrounding area were used to depict Notre Dame Cathedral and the Ile de la Cité in Paris, (laughs) making that scene amongst the most convincing in the whole film. (laughs) Please welcome on my left Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke-Taylor and Rob Bryden. And carefully placing her seat on my left hand, please, <laughs> please welcome our scorer, the ever fragrant Samantha. Okay, we start this week with the first round. <laughs> it's called UED or Uxbridge English Dictionary to give it its full plug. The English language is a rich and varied tongue, but this often leads to confusion. As an example, there are those who have no concept of the important technical difference in meaning between the terms girder and rafter. In fact, the term rafter is used by structural engineers to denote a supporting beam whose cross-sectional ratio is calculated as span over two plus two. Whereas girder was some old crowd who wrote Faust. But meanings are constantly changing teams, so I'd like you to share with us any new definitions you may have spotted recently. And Graham, you can start. Pig sticking, clockwork pork. <laughs> AWOL, dyslexic owl. Curator, uh, someone who assesses snooker equipment. <laughs> Henna. Like a hen, but even more so. (laughs) And there's a giggle, very small music event. (laughs) Elevenses, Welsh bullfighting family. (laughs) D-Mister, castration device. (laughs) 
daunting, daunting, an alarm clock. <laughs> ah. Melancholy, fruit and veg. No. Uh, Delaware. <laughs> to have seen only fools and horses. <laughs> Dunstable. Uh, to have shaved. <laughs> Ghoulish. Hungarian stew that comes back to haunt you. <laughs> Okay, the teams are going to sing along now with some well-known discs in the round called Pick Up Song. Samantha is now in DJ mode and poised to spin the discs. Each of you should sing along to your record teams until at my signal, Samantha turns the volume down and if on the music's return, you're within a gnat's crotchet of the original, I'll be awarding points. And points mean prizes. You're going to like this. 1,500 pillocks under the same <laughs> This week's prize will provide every Doctor Who enthusiast an ideal accompaniment to pasta meals. It's this tasty Dalek bread. <laughs> Graham, you're the start and I'd like you to accompany Doctor Hook singing Sylvia's Mother. Sylvia's Mother says Sylvia's busy, too busy to come to the phone. Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's trying to start a new life of her own. Sylvia's mother says Sylvia's happy, why don't you leave her alone? And the operator says 40 cents more for the next three minutes. Please, Mrs. Avery, I just got to talk to her. Your next, your next, Barry, I'd like you to accompany Stan Getz and Joao Gilberto singing Girl from Ipanema. I thought it was the English lyric. Olha que coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça Que raça da era menina que vem, que passa Num doce malancho caminho da morte Beleza que exista, a beleza que não é só mina, que também passa que também passa sozinha. Be fair. <laughs> you, you now, Tim. 
Would you accompany the Bee Gees singing Stayin' Alive? Music loud and women warm I've been kicked around since I was born And it's alright, it's okay And you may look the other way We can try to understand The New York Times effect on man Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother You're staying alive, staying alive Feel the city breaking and everybody shaking And we're staying alive, staying alive Ha, 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 ha Staying alive, staying alive Ha, 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 ha Staying alive And finally, would you, Rob, please accompany Tom Jones singing Danny Boy. <clears throat> oh, Danny Boy. Danny Boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. From glen to glen and down on the mountainside. Summer's gone And all the roses falling It's you, it's you Must leave and I must bide But call me back When summer's in the meadow and when the valley's hushed and white with snow and I'll be here sunshine or in shadow oh Danny boy Danny boy, I love you so. I love you so. The teams are going to give us a display of their acting skills now in the round called Sound Charades. This game is based on the old TV favourite called Give Us a Clue, in which the players had to mime titles of books, films or plays against the clock. It was conducted in silence, the players were excellent, and the audience were thrilled. <laughs> the team's version takes these three elements and plays a clever twist on the first, <laughs> while dispensing with the other two. <laughs> the undisputed mime master of Give Us a Clue was team captain Lionel Blair. When the show was scrapped, his team was devastated to the point of tears. But ever the trooper, Lionel took a video round to Christopher Biggins and they pulled themselves together over the fabulous Baker Bell.
Tim and Rob, you're to start these, and the quicker the better. And your title will shortly be displayed to the audience via the laser display screen. And here's the mystery voice for listeners at home. The Bourne Ultimatum. The Bourne Ultimatum. It's a book and a film, and it's three words, and it goes like this. Goodness me, look at you. I know. You're huge. I know. When's it uh, due? In three weeks? No. What, what if it's late? It won't be. I've made it quite clear. It's three weeks or nothing. <laughs> three weeks or nothing? Three weeks. Three weeks. Three um, weeks. How many days is that? Due. 21 days. Got nothing to do with it. <laughs> Has it got an article at the beginning? That. Yes. The. It has. Oh, well, we're nearly there. <laughs> Just two to go. Yes, the final, the last. Do you know our first line, goodness me, look at you? Remember yes. that one? Yes. Okay, that's no help at all. Thanks for here. Give us a clue. It, like the title. Yeah. I was, <laughs> what happened on your birthday to you, your first birthday? You were. Born? <laughs> The Bourne. Time's Supremacy. up. <laughs> what are they? It's, uh, the Bourne Ultimatum. Yeah. Ultimatum. <laughs> the final title is being displayed for you, Barry and Graham, and here once more is the mystery voice for listeners at home. 310 to Yuma. 310 to Yuma. Film. Film? Yes, a yep. film. Four words. And it sort of goes like this. Get your T-shirts, get your T-shirts, not asking a ten, not asking a five. I'm robbing myself three fifty for your T-shirts. Hello, son. Hello, Shane. Oh, hello. Hello, hello Mum, hello, darling. Son. Hello, my boy. Yeah, what was you selling today, Shane? I've got the T-shirts, darling. The T-shirts, the t-shirts. are they? What, what kind of T-shirts are Well, the big one these, at the then? moment is the Jeremy Kyle oh, T-shirt. Yes, oh, that's Jeremy going, Kyle, that's yeah. going like that's be wildfire. Good. Well, how much are you asking for that, then? Well, uh, officially three fifty. Oh, my darling. Oh, dear. But seeing as it's you, 40p off. Oh, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good boy, Shane. You're a very good boy to your old mum, Shane. Sure, my name's Josephine Pasquale. You're a good <laughs> Shane, thank you. See you later, Mum. Yes, all right. Are there cowboys involved? Yes. Yes. Is there a train involved? Yes. It's 3.10 from 4 to Yuma. Two. To Yuma. 3.10 to Yuma. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) The next game is called Word for Word, and it's a word game all about words. This is where one team alternates a random series of words which should have no connection to each other. So, for example, if the words liberal and leadership were followed by... (laughs) were followed by give and toss... That would be perfectly acceptable. So, Tim and Rob, you can start to exchange your series of words, while Graham and Barry should challenge 
to take over if they spot a connection. Okay, where you go. Frog. Pollen. Donut. Fence. Treble. Sydney. Bad. Sydney, a renowned treble, choir boy. Yes. Years ago. He actually, uh, Field Marshal Montgomery in the desert, had Sydney in his caravan to sing to him. And Sydney then wrote a book, I Was Monty's Treble. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> you can carry on then. Plinth. Bacon. Residue. Funeral. <laughs> I think re- residue and funeral are linked because res is short for respects. When you go to a funeral, respects are due. Res, so if you, if you went to maybe a rapper's funeral, he might say, yo, bitch, residue. <laughs> I say bitch in the, in the street sense of a bitch. Right. I don't mean oh, to insult any dog owners. Listening. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Flounder. Pony. Velvet. Boater. Graham. Tim arrived this evening wearing a velvet boater, I swear. I think it was velveteen. Velveteen. (laughs) Ah. Well, a young velvet boater then. (laughs) Come on, let's turn it along. Graham, you start off very quickly. What? 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 Go on. Repetition. Listen, we've got to end this game, which is a pity for me, because these little lights going on and off are the only excitement. (laughs) We arrive now at our handy household hints section. But first, we must correct a few mistakes that crept into answers provided on our website message board. When we advise readers to spray their beds during dry summer months, we meant from the garden tap, not from the top of the wardrobe. Okay, teams, I have here a selection of listeners' household problems to which I'd like you to provide solutions. Rob, here's the first one for you. These have all come in from listeners and people. Idiots, mostly. (laughs) Can you suggest a good way to pick up tiny pieces of broken glass from the floor without cutting myself? Yes, ask the children to do it. As usual on these occasions, I have to give boring answers. Some of them are not quite as boring as I expected. The answer to that one is, use some bread to pick it up. What if you don't have any bread? Oh, well, then use a biscuit. (laughs) Tim, Tim, now your turn. Can you answer this listener's question? I often get unsightly bags under my eyes. Is there anything I can do about this? Yes. Um, Check them in with Ryanair. Because then you'll never see them again. <laughs> the serious answer is yes, try placing used tea bags under your eyes for 10 to 15 minutes. It's relaxing and works really well. <laughs> Barry, can you answer this question, please? I'm told it's easier to catch a mouse with a brown paper bag. How can this be? Well, if the mouse is carrying a brown paper bag. <laughs> It's going to move more slowly, so it's going to be easier. Thank you. As long as you use a mousetrap as well. Put the mousetrap inside the brown paper bag. 
Ah. The mice consider the bag a good place to explore. All you have to do is close the bag and throw it away after they've been ah. caught. We often talk about this at my local Get a Life Club. <laughs> Finally, Graham, how about this one? Is there a good way to stop butter from sliding around on a butter dish? Yes, keep it in your pocket. <laughs> The answer is yes. Heat the dish under the hot tap and dry. Put the butter on the dish and then immediately put the dish into the refrigerator. The bottom of the block of butter will melt and then freeze firm to the dish. What a load of... <laughs> okay, here are some for any of you to have a go at. I find it difficult to open jam jars. I'd normally ask my husband to do this for me, but he's frequently away at the moment. What do you suggest? Well, get your husband to take the jam jars with him. <laughs> The answer here is try using a rubber glove or alternatively fixing a rubber band around the lid. We all know now that that's not the way. You get the butt end of a screwdriver and hit the thing on the head. Isn't that right? And it's logical. All the stuff around the edges of the thing that's gripping the glass spreads out and you just do it. You keep it talking. I'll make the phone call. How about this? (laughs) How about this one? Help The elastic has gone in my underwear. Any tips? Take shorter steps. (laughs) The answer is, Tim, cut the legs off an old pair of tights and wear them over your underwear. It'll keep... (laughs) Actually, it's true. It'll keep everything in position. (laughs) Okay, it's music time again with Swanee Kazoo. This is where the teams combine the buzzing chirrup of the kazoo with the emollient lilt of the swanee whistle. Once the most unlikely of pairings, the words swanee and kazoo now go together as naturally as global and warming, or goodbye and Norfolk. (laughs) Piano accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell, and I have some instructions for Colin. You're to start in the key of G major, then slide down to C sharp before changing to A minor halfway through the seventh bar. Begin playing in 4-4 time, but switch to 3-4 randomly before speeding up to double time towards the end. Have you got that? Yeah. Well, you should. That's how you did it last time. <laughs> Tim and Rob, you can start. I'd like you to provide us with the rendition of Gilly Gilly Austin Pfeffer. How do you know? (laughs) To feature Rob Bryden on the kazoo and Tim Brooke Taylor on the swanee whistle.
Ah, Barry and Graham. Barry and Graham, I'd like you to provide us with a rendition of A Windmill in Old Amsterdam <laughs> to feature Barry Cryer on the kazoo and Graham Garden on the Swanee Whistle. It's almost the end of the show, but it's just time to play Bartender's Film Club. Samantha has to nip out now. She's off to Ramsey's restaurant for a gin and tonic. She says she always likes to start the evening there with a mouthful of Gordon's. (laughs) So while she's away enjoying that, I'll ask the teams to suggest movie titles likely to appeal to an audience of bartenders. Graham, will you start, please? Tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> Bringing up Baby Sham. <laughs> Schindler's Pissed. Yes. <laughs> Days of Chunder. <laughs> the Texas Chinzano Massacre. <laughs> Time Bandits, please. Bring me the mead of Alfredo Garcia. The mead. The mild bunch. The beer hunter. The brandy bunch starring Harry Cognac Jr. Things can only get bitter. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the playful puppy of time bounds after the toilet tissue of destiny, and the handle of fate flushes him round the U-bend of doom, I notice it's the end of the show. And with that, from the teams, Samantha, myself, and the fine folk here in Croydon, it's goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Rob Brighton have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. Programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and producer was John Naismith. And Humps and the team will be back at the same time next week.